0: Well hello there, welcome to episode 10 of the Brick Magnate Podcast. I'm your host Mike Morrison aka The Brick Magnate and this is the show where I get to share my love of Lego with my fellow brick building enthusiasts and review some of my favourite sets and recent builds and just talk about this little plastic um, bundle of obsession that we all share. Um, So this week I'm going to be reviewing a set that I did swear I was never going to buy. Um, and that is the Lego Crest from the Mandalorian TV series, um, which, for anyone not familiar, is um, one of the most popular, probably the most popular Star Wars uh, spin-off TV series uh, that there's ever been. It's where Baby Yoda is from. Like, If you're not a Star Wars fan, you probably still know Baby Yoda, right? Uh, Let's not get into whether that's an accurate name or any of that, because this isn't a Star Wars podcast. Um, Although, if you're looking for a Star Wars podcast, check out Spark of Rebellion from my very good friend Mark Asquith, and um, his co-host, I think it's Gary um, they've got a great podcast on Star Wars if you're into that. Uh, but if you are a little more on the Lego side and you want to know what I thought of the Razorcrest, then stay tuned for this episode. We're going to dive into the review very, very soon. Before that though, if it's your first time listening or if you've caught a couple of episodes but you've not yet taken the leap, then make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button in your podcast app to ensure that you get your hands and your ears on each and every episode of of the show, and you get to find out about the sets I'm working on, and get my reviews of pretty much everything worth reviewing when it comes to awesome, awesome LEGO. Um, so, the Razor Crest. This was the set that I said I was never going to buy. Um, I talked about it probably episode three, episode four, like a while back, and I, I was chatting about sets that you. That part of you feels you should have, but you just can't get excited about. And you just can't justify um, spending the money on. And it's not just about the money. Things like the um, the Iron Gauntlet um, Lego set from Avengers, like, Again, that's that's one of the ones I wouldn't buy because it's it's just the Infinity Gauntlet, just with different colour bricks. And, you know, I don't know if it's a principal thing or if it's a variety thing uh, in terms of not wanting to repeat the same build. But, yeah, that put me off. And Crest was a one I was never going to buy because, for me, it just isn't iconic enough in the Star Wars world to justify paying such a significant amount for an Ultimate Collector Series set. Those UCS series they're big and they're expensive and for as much as i spend on this shade obsession of ours anything north of 500 pounds 500 what have you really needs to be something special for me to throw down that kind of money and for me the razor crest wasn't that don't get me wrong i loved mandalorian especially the first um series the first series is still probably the best a lot of it's on the razor crest it looks cool but just wasn't iconic. Like, I was thinking about sets like the UCS Millennium Falcon, which I have, and which is epic. Even the UCS At-At, the, the At-At Walker, the Imperial Destroyer, like, those are iconic Star Wars vehicles. But I, I, you know, I, I chose not to buy those, the At-At and the Imperial Destroyer, because I just wasn't feeling it. Didn't think there'd be fun builds, didn't know where to put them. So, you know... I already kind of have a high bar for Star Wars UCS sets. And if I wasn't buying the At-At and the Imperial Destroyer, I definitely wasn't going to buy the Razorcrest, right? It had no choice, uh, no chance. After all, it's just from a TV show, not the original movies or even the sequels or prequels. And hell, they blew up the the Razorcrest. Like they blew the thing up in the second series. I would say spoiler alert, but it's been out for years. If you haven't seen it, you're not going to watch it. Um, <laughs> they blew it up. And they switched to a totally different ship for the Mandalorian. So, even in the world of the TV show, the Razor Crest isn't all that important. I mean, imagine them blowing up the Falcon in Empire Strikes Back, right? So, I absolutely 100% was not buying this. And I felt good about that decision. I didn't feel I was missing out. Didn't feel I'd regret it. But then there was a lull. There was a quiet period where... Uh, it was earlier in the year where it just didn't seem like there was anything exciting being released. Or... There were some exciting sets, but they were quick builds. And I was just getting antsy for a nice big set that I could get stuck into. The sort where you could spread it out over a couple of weeks. Does that ever happen to you? Do you find your your Lego-obsessed brain slowly talking you into buying that set that you just weren't interested in just because it craves those big builds, those delicious little plastic bricks? Please say it's not just me. So anyway, I caved. And you know what? I'm glad I did, because I really enjoyed this set. So let's dive into the review. So the Crest comes in at 6,187 pieces. That's just a little bit shy of the Millennium Falcon, the Ultimate Collector Series Millennium Falcon. Which surprised me, because I didn't have them on equal footing in terms of the size of the set and the scale of the build. Um, that Millennium Falcon is a beast, and I didn't think any of the Star Wars sets, other than the yat at or the uh, Imperial Destroyer, would come close. I definitely didn't think the Crest was going to come close. So um, just shy of 6,200 pieces, cost $600 or 520 um, British pounds for myself. So it's just slightly on the right side of the 10 cents per piece line, which is very good for a licensed set. For something with a Star Wars license, that's an Ultimate Collector Series. That's that's a good average cost per, per brick piece. Um, in terms of build experience, this was a lot more fun and satisfying than I'd expected. Again, my basis for comparison was the Falcon, which, frankly, is a mixed build experience with some very lengthy, boring, and frustrating spells. So I was a little bit worried it would be the same with the Razorcrest, but thankfully Razorcrest is a lot more varied than the Falcon. And because the ship has some quirky angles and unique features, it makes for some pretty cool and satisfying build techniques that make sure that the build never gets boring. I was also so relieved to find that you build a decent amount of detail into the interior of the ship too. That's perhaps one of the biggest letdowns of the Falcon set. You've got your cockpit with a little separate area for Grogu in his crib to hang out. You've got the section where where the cryo-frozen bounties are stored. section with Mando's equipment up on the wall. Boba Fett's armour from when he salvages that. Um, Just lots of cool little details that are easy enough to access when the whole set is finished. They're not just kind of sealed in there. And for me, the most oddly satisfying part of the build was adding on those wings that's the final piece of the build. Is getting on the wings that have those huge round engines attached. There was something very pleasing from a tactile perspective, like the feel of it, the bulk of it, the weight of it. There's something really satisfying um, about that part of the build, and finally, kind of slotting them onto the main body of the ship, which you spend, you know, the first kind of two thirds of the build experience building, like building out those those big hefty chunky wings and then the satisfaction that comes from piecing them together with the main body of the ship and seeing that end result it's really really cool that part comes at the end it's a good way of ending that build experience so all in all for such a big and lengthy build i don't think i was ever bored which is rare for sets of this scale and i don't know if this is just me or if it's true or not but you know, a lot of the Lego ships, a lot of the vehicle, like they're, they're grey. There's just a lot of grey, and I think that affects, in a lot of cases, your enjoyment of the build because there's nothing vibrant. Um, and the Razorcrest, again is a big, big grey thing. But even so, I still enjoyed it. it. Didn't affect it. So I think that you know, it's a it's a silly point, but maybe not as silly as um, as I think it is. Uh, so yeah, I was never bored. I was never bored, which is rare for this kind of set. Uh, There wasn't anything mind-blowing in the experience, but it was fun piecing this together from start to finish. Um, So I'm going to give this build experience a four out of five. Satisfying, enjoyable, and that is surprising for this size of a build. Um, Especially where you know you're building a vehicle. You're not you're not building like a, a Hogwarts. Uh, Harry Potter Hogwarts or a Diagon Alley where there's lots of very distinct areas. Like It's it's a big grey hunk of metal, but it was still fun. So it's a 4 out of 5 from me on build experience. In terms of the end result, the finished set really does look great. Argue over whether it's iconic enough or not, it looks epic as a completed LEGO set. It's a good, satisfying size. It feels sturdy. It's weighty. It feels... Chonky, right? <laughs> um, again, I hate to keep comparing to the Falcon, but the Falcon's probably the best measuring stick. Certainly, it's the best one I've got. With the Falcon, anyone who's got the Falcon will will be familiar with this. There's always the fear that if you even look at it the wrong way, part of it will fall off. And while there's definitely a little bit of risk of mishandling the Razor, que- the Razor Quest, the TV show, the Razor Crest it doesn't feel quite so fragile which was a relief because that falcon is a nightmare like anytime you try and dust it clean around it something falls off even like the fact they have to like include very specific instructions of how to pick it up and how not to pick it up lest you demolish the whole thing like yeah the falcon is a pain to move around in display um where's the razor crest it just it feels sturdier doesn't feel as fragile like if you wanted to you could actually play with this set not just display it but as a display piece it does look seriously impressive and accurate to the original ship now there are only 5 minifigures which is a bit of a letdown for a set that costs $600 and is what i would consider to be the main signature set of the mandalorian series like it should have more than 5 minifigures it's a it's an ultimate collector series it should have more than five minifigures, and in fact, one of them isn't even a minifigure. It's 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 a creature, right? Um, it's it's one. I I am letting my Star Wars fandom down here because um, I don't know what it's called, but it's one of those big elephant lizards. <laughs> it's worst description. It's just a big old thing that one of the characters rides on the back of. One of the minor characters rides on the back of. It's not a minifigure. It's not a minifigure in any way, shape, or form. But Unless I'm misremembering, they've counted it as a minifigure. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's a bit cheeky, um, counting it as a minifigure. So, really, there's four minifigs. Uh, that feels like a letdown. It feels like a bit of a misstep, especially when other sets have figures of characters like Fennec Shand that could easily have been included here. You know, um, it, Unless I'm misremembering, Fennec Shand turned up before the Razor Crest was blown up, and you know, she is a known character in the expanded Star Wars universe and is a recurring character in this. They could have had her in it, certainly. Um, yeah, it just feels like they've been stingy on the minifigs. Um, yeah. That sucks a bit. Overall, though, this is a great-looking set, and the fact that it has all those great interior details and is solid enough to both, to be both playable as well as function as a really good-looking display piece, that really does elevate it. So I'm going to give this a 4.5 out of 5 for end result. Looks great, feels great, is manoeuvrable. Um it's, it's satisfying. It's just a satisfying to look at, satisfying to, to hold, to carry, to play. Yeah, great. 4.5 out of 5 for end result. Finally, let's talk value for money again. It's worth highlighting that this falls on the right side of that $0.10 per piece line. That's kind of the barometer for whether a set is over or underpriced. And there's not a huge amount of those tiny one-square pieces or dots padding out the piece count. Either those who listen to a few episodes will know that's a bugbear of mine. Um, this definitely seems a rarity for Ultimate Collector Series sets, especially those with the Star Wars license. Like That usually... Takes it way over the ten cents line um, because the license and the UCS angle usually come at a big premium. So um, yeah, I I wonder whether the slightly lower than expected pricing is reflective of of you know them maybe thinking okay this isn't it's maybe not going to have as as broad an appeal as the UCS Falcon, the UCS Atat, you know stuff that like like every Star Wars fan will recognise. Not every Star Wars fan will watch Mandalorian. Every Star Wars fan's watched um the, the originals and they know what the Falcon is, right? So maybe that maybe that factors into it. I don't know. Or maybe the fact that they blew the blowing ship up. They blew the ship up, which they referenced that <laughs> they referenced that um on the website and I think in the, the manual as well. But I've got a feeling like they'd started working on the Razor Crest set, the design of it, um, and then like not knowing that it was going to be blown up in the TV show, and so I think that's maybe uh, took the wind out their sails a little. I don't know, just my theory. Um, so yeah, you you would need to make your mind up. Yourself on whether such a short lived ship in a TV series, not a movie, is worthy of the UCS treatment and justifying a $600 set. Um, but you know, for that price, you are getting a substantial, impressive end result that comes after a fun, enjoyable, satisfying, varied build that will stretch over a good number of build sessions the low number of minifigs is a bit stingy though so i'm going to give this a four out of five for value for money yes it is pricey but you're getting a lot for your money and they've not overpriced it which you know judging from sets released in the last year or so they've veered more towards overpricing than underpricing um in my opinion so There you have it. I think it's fair to say that going back on my vow not to build this set ended up being worth it as I really did enjoy this build and I love how it all turned out. Although I do still maintain it's not iconic iconic. And I think the fact that this set isn't the centrepiece of any of my little Lego areas, those areas of the house where I've got my Lego dotted around, um, that maybe reflects it. Again, it just reflects my view. It's not taking pride of place anywhere. But... You know, maybe I'll carve out a little Mandalorian themed area someday if they ever release a Bo Katan helmet. You know, I can't believe they haven't done a Bo Katan helmet. Seems like an obvious one to do. They've done Mando, they've done Boba. Like, do Bo Katan? It's the same shape and everything, just you know, some some nicer colors and a little bit of patterning. But they can do that, surely. Give us a Bo Katan helmet. Give me a Bo Katan helmet, and I'll create my little Mandalorian area. And when that happens, the Razorcrest will take pride of place alongside my Mando, Boba, um, and Boba Fett's ship, which we're not allowed to call by its original name um, anymore. Uh, Yeah, give me Bo-Katan, and I will elevate (laughs) Razorcrest. Anyway, I think that's a good place to end it. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Brick Magnate Podcast. Make sure you head to brickmagnate.com for past episodes and to subscribe to the show. And if you want a closer look at the finished article um, and you want to see the Razor Crest in all of its glory, then connect with me on TikTok and on Instagram, either both or just one of them whatever tickles your pickle. Um, I can't believe I just said that on the show. Um, yeah, connect with me on Insta or on TikTok at Brick Magnet. That's Brick, M-A-G-N-A-T-E. You will find um, the little review videos um, showing off the different sets I talk about on the show, as well as some that I don't, um, plus some behind-the-scenes looks at things that I'm working on and other based um stuff oh you know what this is totally random and i meant to mention this in episode 7 which was kind of the the rebirth of the podcast episode um <laughs> i've got a lego tattoo <laughs> i just i just feel as someone who's hosting a lego based podcast i need to mention that i, I got i'm f- like 40 years old now i am full-on man child with a midlife crisis um but I got my very first tattoo, and it is a Lego brick. Um, yeah, just to kind of solidify my obsession. Um, and I only mentioned that because I mentioned TikTok and I mentioned Instagram, and there's actually a little photograph of that on there. So if you want to see, um, <laughs> if you want to see what someone getting their first ever tattoo and deciding at the age of forty that that tattoo will be a Lego brick, you want to see that. Then head over to atbrickmagnate on Instagram and connect with me on there. You know what? No regrets. I love my Lego brick. Um, (laughs) That is it from me. I am out of here to think up more Lego-based tattoos. I'll be back again next week with more brick-based buffoonery, sharing my thoughts on yet another um, awesome Lego set, or not-so-awesome Lego set. I haven't decided what I'll be reviewing next week. We shall find out. It's a mystery for you and a mystery for me. But hopefully you will join me regardless. Uh, In the meantime, happy bricking and I'll see you next time.